Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show. It's great to have you with us. This new week in America begins with the Bidens mired in the D.C. swamp. Their corruption under investigation by three powerful congressional committees, led by Jim Jordan's Judiciary Committee and Government Weaponization Subcommittee, and James Comer chairing the Oversight Committee, Jason Smith, the head of Ways and Means. And the scandals worsen for Joe Biden and Hunter. And the cover-ups just keep coming. There's sure to be a large number of investigations of the FBI, DOJ, Secret Service, and Intel agencies in the months ahead. So much is clear, obvious evidence that those agencies are central to conspiracies waged against President Trump for almost eight years. And it's just over a week now since the Biden cocaine caper broke. The White House still hasn't released a report on what fingerprints and White House surveillance video shows. Still no suspect name or in custody for the cocaine left behind at the White House just two days after Hunter Biden was there. I'm not saying there's anything connected, but it is, it seems, a possibility. Biden has been known to leave things behind. Secret Service seems to be dragging their feet as well in the so-called investigation. That has prompted House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer to get involved. The chairman issued a letter Friday to the director of Secret Service, giving him until this Friday to brief Comer and his staff on the investigation. And get this, the Secret Service says the investigation will conclude this week, even if they don't have a suspect identified. Now that is big-time bureaucratic arrogance, and given the Secret Service's record, it just may be a warning, a warning that the cover-up for the Bidens is now set in place. We'll see. Chairman Comer is set to begin deposing Biden family associates as early as this week, and he begins with former Biden associate Devin Archer. Archer served with Biden on the board of Burisma back in 2014, before getting into his own legal trouble in 2022 for defrauding a Native American tribal entity and being ordered to pay almost $50 million to the victims. And while Comer conducts his investigation... Marxist Dem special counsel Jack Smith continues his harassment of President Trump. Just four months now, and Smith has already spent $5.5 million investigating the former president, with $1.8 million spent on contractors and another $2.6 million on personnel. In contrast, Robert Hur, I'm sure you remember him, he was the special counsel. Oops, my mistake, he still is the special counsel investigating Joe Biden's theft of classified documents, and he's only spent $600,000. 
I wonder if we can safely project how that investigation will go based on that small amount of money spent investigating. And if you want to add in John Durham's special counsel, he spent $7.7 million and Robert Mueller spent $32 million. And President Trump, speaking in Council Bluffs, Iowa, reminded us why the deep state and Marxist Dems are prosecuting him. If they wanted to run against me, they wouldn't have me under federal indictment. Okay, they wouldn't have me. But I'm doing this for you, and we're going to win, and we're going to turn our country around. Because in the end, they're not after me. They're after you, and I just happen to be standing in the way. That's true. True. So far, President Trump has the endorsements of 10 senators and over 60 members of the House. There is one prominent member of the House of Representatives who's refused to endorse Trump. You won't be surprised. That man, of course, is rhino Kevin McCarthy. Politico reporting McCarthy told colleagues he's not endorsing Trump while at their 2024 House Republican meeting. Congressman Dan Muser, who is supporting Trump's re-election, says McCarthy said this, quote, Hey, you're with DeSantis right now. That's okay. We get that. You're with Mike Pence, Tim Scott. But in the end, we've got to come together with who's going to be our winning candidate. End quote. You notice he left out a name there. Well, let's bring in our guest today to take all of this up and more. None other than the longtime political strategist Roger Stone and best-selling author. Roger, great to have you with us here on The Great America Show again. The polling for Donald Trump is amazing. It looks disastrous for DeSantis. It looks like it could be over and done with and very early, despite everything the Marxist Dems, the deep state, and rhinos are throwing at him. Uh, Lou, I'm glad to be with you again. Uh, I think that you are right. Uh, I mean, obviously, it isn't done till it's done and the votes are counted, but uh, it is completely unpredictable, but every time the Democrat media cabal, uh, including the Justice Department, takes another shot at Donald Trump. Uh, His poll ratings go up, his level of support intensifies, and he rakes in millions of dollars more in small and medium-sized campaign contributions. So uh, it is, is, normally, you would see if if a candidate for public office got federally indicted, their support would collapse. But I think the American people, and particularly Republicans, see through what is happening, and therefore it is fueling his drive for the nomination. Now, you couple that with the fact that my governor, Governor Ron DeSantis, is spending millions of dollars, but he he seems to have no traction at all. Meanwhile, back here in Florida, in all honesty, we have an insurance crisis, we have a mosquito crisis. Uh, we have a we have a we have a water quality crisis. Uh, we have a housing crisis, and see, he seems to have checked out from a job that he just got, you know, five months ago, a renewal at least. So uh, yes, I think you're right. I think Trump is now uh, inexorably driving towards the nomination, and he will be the nominee of the Republican Party uh, in 2024. But as he has been for eight years, he's also fighting the deep state, uh, the Marxist Dems and the uh, (laughs) what we used to call corporate America. It's global uh, corporatists uh, who are trying to stop him at every uh, every turn. They are not going to stop, are they? 
Well, I don't really think that his uh, exposure is political. I think to the extent that he has any vulnerability is because we have a completely biased and weaponized criminal justice system. Uh, and the more epic corruption on the part of Joe and Hunter and Jim Biden and other members of the Biden crime family, crimes that I think now include extortion, bribery, money laundering, uh, influence peddling, lobbying without registering, for which Paul Manafort did hard time, but not Tony Podesta, uh, and other uh, egregious crimes, the more evidence that uh, gets put on the public docket, the more they have to ratchet up the attacks on Donald Trump to distract the American people from that. At the end of the day, Lou, I think the jury on all of these charges against Donald Trump is going to end up being the American voters, not the jurors in the courtroom, but the American people themselves. Timing here becomes crucial. It's unclear whether the current charges against uh, the president, uh, it's unclear when they will go to trial. Uh, when Andrew Weissman, who was the de facto head of the of the Mueller witch hunt, a disgraced and, a disgraced and epically corrupt former prosecutor, uh, predicts that Donald Trump will be subjected to additional charges in New Jersey or D.C., you can pretty much take that to the bank. I found that by watching Mr. Weissman's Twitter feed, uh, anything he predicts is going to happen about two days later. It does happen. By his own admission, he's in direct contract writing memos and probably more for our current Justice Department officials. So uh, at the end of the day, however, all of this can be voided. All of it can be addressed uh, in a federal election. Uh, there's no crime that I see that they could illegitimately accuse the president of that would disqualify him from being a candidate for president again. And they're really not running well enough to be even called also Rands. Uh, but at the same time, we've got a White House uh, that is uh, apparently uh, has been taken over by the cartels and at least in the in the product they're peddling cocaine uh, making its way to the to the uh, to the work area at least of the pre of the white house what do you make of this and how in the world does the secret service succeed in protecting joe biden and his son once again it's really quite extraordinary because the the, the single most influential legislator in the country who gave us our current drug laws, which I think are badly in need of reform. But the person who weaponized our drug laws to mandate the harsh required penalties for the first time nonviolent crime of possession of small amounts of drugs for personal use, which has unfairly fallen disproportionately on poor people and black people, is Joe Biden. Joe Biden wrote those laws, but his son is being excused from them. Uh, it is also true that if you are a known drug user and you have a firearm, you're subject to a penalty that in most cases includes prison, but not for Hunter Biden. Uh, it is extraordinary uh, that the House Republicans have uncovered as much as they have, given the, pardon to use a Watergate analogy, stonewalling by the FBI director who's refusing 
to turn over certain documents to legitimate House committee investigators. Yet liberals like Weissman and Dan Goldman from New York and Jamie Raskin, those two are a piece of work, jumping up and down screaming about the rule of law. What about the rule of law there? Of course, they never address that. No, if they certainly would not. And and Adam Schiff uh, is apparently waiting in reserve to corroborate any statements of uh, semi-fact that they utter. I, it's also very important to me, at least, uh, to understand what is happening with those House investigation committees. They, they're doing great work. But I don't sense that they have a sufficient number of investigators. Uh, I don't sense that they have staffed up to, to the degree that I certainly expected. Uh, they're getting a lot done, but I think so much more could be done with real resources. Uh, and I mean, uh, Marxist Democrat level resources uh, to go after all that they need. Uh, I could not agree with you more. I mean, the January 6th Kabuki Theater that they put together, in which several of their witnesses committed perjury when they mentioned my name, uh, in which they, they actually showed AI-generated uh, videos that, that were damning to me but proved nothing whatsoever. It was a complete fraud, but their budget was unlimited. Uh, the, it is extraordinary that Kevin McCarthy has enough right now in his hands uh, to move articles of impeachment against Joe Biden, against uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland, against the FBI director, uh, Mr. Ray, uh, far more than the Democrats ever had when they impeached Donald Trump twice. Now, there could be a political calculation that they haven't moved towards impeachment because they don't have two thirds of the vote in the U.S. Senate to convict. I would argue that the Democrats knew they never had two thirds, but they moved to impeach Donald Trump because they understood the political value of that proceeding. And secondarily, the corruption by the Bidens is so egregious, so outrageous, so over the top, so obvious that it's conceivable that during a trial in the Senate, which the fake news media would have to cover, would be virtually impossible for them not to cover, because the way they handle the Biden scandals now is just not mentioning them, um, perhaps two-thirds of the vote could actually be found. So uh, at a certain point, Speaker Kevin McCarthy needs to fish or cut bait. Now, I guess he would argue maybe he can't bring everybody in his caucus along. I mean, there were 20 uh, House members on the Republican side who actually voted against censuring Adam Schiff. Uh, I'll give them this out, that there may have been some aspects of the original censorship motion that were unconstitutional. Uh, and as you know, once they corrected those, uh, they did vote to censure him, which, by the way, sadly, probably allowed him to raise millions and millions of dollars more for his uh, Democratic uh, U.S. Senate bid, because the California Democratic primary is a left-wing orgy. We're talking with Roger Stone. When we come back, uh, we'll see why he thinks it is that Kevin McCarthy uh, is a let's hold for a moment before we actually move forward from here on impeachment of what are obvious uh, knaves. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Oh. 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We're back now talking with uh, Roger Stone. We're talking about a host of issues, but amongst them, the, the Speaker of the House, who has, for now at least, declared no impeachment of President Biden. Well, if Kevin McCarthy wants to take his time, that's fine. Then issue subpoenas. Uh, for the Attorney General, Mr. Garland, so he can explain the discrepancies between what he said previously in his sworn testimony before Congress and the claims of this uh, Mr. Shapley, the most reason, the most recent, and I think extremely compelling whistle- mm-hmm. whistleblower. Uh, let him issue a subpoena for Barack Obama uh, and, for that matter, for Joe Biden, for uh, former Attorney General Loretta Lynch, for former FBI Director James Comey, for former CIA Director John Brennan, because the Durham matter is still before the Congress for review. And Mr. Durham basically exposed the fact that all of those people knew there was no Russian collusion. All of those people knew there was no probable cause to justify the opening of the uh, FBI's uh, crossfire hurricane counterintelligence investigation. There was no probable cause or rationale for the appointment of Robert Mueller. There was certainly no legal rationale uh, or probable cause to issue FISA warrants that allowed the Obama administration to spy on Donald Trump and his campaign. So while we're waiting for you, Kevin, uh, why don't you issue subpoenas to all those people? Now, In the case of a former president, House Republicans tried to subpoena Harry Truman in 1950. They were unsuccessful. But um, why not have that fight in public? What what is it Obama has to hide? Why would he be afraid to come before the Congress and answer uh, simple questions? That's how our democracy works, isn't it? So uh, I would hope that uh, that perhaps just perhaps or hopefully Kevin McCarthy is building a better case, a stronger case. But at the end of the day, Lou, I honestly believe he will either move articles of impeachment or he will lose his speakership over it. Uh, He has a thin majority. He agreed to rules that allow any member to make a motion to vacate the chair as a privileged motion so it can't be tabled. Uh, Any so any House member say, oh, I don't know, Matt Gates uh, could make such a motion at the end of the day he is going to have to uh, fish or cut bait. And one hopes soon. But that may also be part of the calibration for uh, for Kevin uh, McCarthy, the Speaker of the House. Well, at some point, I think Joe Biden has to make a calculation um, because I think there's every possibility that his fellow Democrats, whether or not he's impeachable with two-thirds of the vote, may elect to remove him 
uh, under the 25th Amendment, because quite obviously the man is not well. It's very clear that he's not well. And I think Democrats also recognize that he is a probable general election loser. Although the way our current system works, Donald Trump could go into Election Day with an eight point national lead and still lose. Uh, although right now, I would say when you look at the swing states, he's leading in every single one of them. Uh, and therefore, the tea leaves are quite encouraging. Uh, again, I have said this before and I'll stick to it. Uh, if Kamala Harris becomes president, either through the 25th Amendment removal of Joe Biden, the resignation of Joe Biden, in which case he would then pardon himself, his son, his brother and other members of the Biden crime family. And he does have to keep that in mind uh, or because uh, uh, he is impeached, uh, in which case he would have to move quickly. Um, I still think their most log logical candidate, if they're going to replace a woman of color who rises to the presidency, Kamala Harris, uh, would have to be Michelle Obama, who I think would be a very strong and exceedingly formidable candidate. She then would take Gavin Newsom for vice president, but she'd make him pay for it. He would have to raise hundreds of millions of dollars for the ticket, which, of course, he's more than capable of doing as the governor of California. But today, nominating a white man in the Democratic Party, particularly if that were the were the sequence of events, would be extremely difficult. I want to turn to the next issue, it, it seems to me, is how do we get out of this 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 swamp that we're in? And I mean this in all of the iterations of the, the semantics. Uh, because we're looking at a country that's divided, red, blue, conservative, liberal, progressive, Marxist, uh, and patriot, Republicans, and independents. Uh, the divide, as a, an article in the Wall Street Journal uh, pointed out this week, absolutely, absolutely divided and hardening in their positions. Well, first of all, I think the increasing political strength of Donald Trump is an excellent sign. Uh, I'm also just as a political scientist, I'm very interested in watching the rise of Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is, uh, I think, striking a very responsive chord within that party and among independents, as well as some Republicans even. Uh, so I, I still think in the country out there, there is an absolute patriotic majority. Lou, you and I are old enough to remember the days when the Democratic Party believed in capitalism, when the Democratic Party was patriotic, when the Democratic Party was a bulk work of anti-communism uh, anti under John Kennedy and Robert Kennedy, both hardline anti-communists. That Democratic Party simply no longer exists. They are antithetical to free enterprise. They're antithetical to capitalism. Uh, they're certainly antithetical to patriotism. They're all uh, about the trans agenda, which I think affects about 9% of the American people. Uh, but they're increasingly violent about it. Uh, they seem to take a passive role in foreign affairs. Look to me like uh, the Secretary of State, Mr. Blinken, signaled the Chinese recently that if you want to go ahead and grab Taiwan, just help yourself. What they'll get from Joe Biden is a strong letter of protest. That's what they'll get. Uh, it is. Uh, so I'm convinced there is only one way to save the country, and that is by electing a new chief executive. We have a very, very powerful presidency. We have a high probability, uh, given the current situation, 
of taking control of the Senate uh, and increasing uh, our slim margin in the House. Uh, that is the only way to do it. The other option, civil war, is not something we are for, not something that we advocate. In fact, it's something that we actively oppose. But as people get more and more frustrated, sadly, more Americans talk about it. I don't like it, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm a small D Democrat. I would like to see us win the next election. You saw how much Trump got done in a first term. This was a guy who didn't come from the world of politics and didn't really understand politics in the sense that he didn't know that the nominee of the Republican Party and the sitting president of a party has the absolute right to name anyone they want as Republican national chairman. How would he know that? He hasn't been involved to that degree. He actually, I think, thought that when he got to Washington, there were two teams, the Republicans and the Democrats. He thought the Republicans would rally around him the way they rallied around Ronald Reagan, the last outsider we elected president, uh, and that the Democrats would oppose him. He never understood that he had a fifth column within his own party that never got over his defeat of Jeb Bush, never got over his defeat of the country club Republicans, and who were working actively with Democrats to undermine his presidency. Look how much he got done anyway. The most robust economy in American history, record job creation, record wage growth, record levels of unemployment among all Americans, black, white, Hispanic, young, old, urban, rural. Uh, and we had no new foreign wars. The unpredictability of Donald Trump is what kept Vladimir Putin at bay in Ukraine, which kept Xi at bay regarding Taiwan, and actually convinced the, the, that uh, the dictator in North Korea to put his nuclear weapons development program on hold. That's leadership. Uh, and it, 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 it is the unpredictability of Trump that made all those things happen. So uh, I think there is only one answer, uh, and that is to win the next election. Uh, and we're on our way to doing that. I mean, uh, Trump is uh, in the he's at the top of his game. There is no other political or I would go so far as to say public figure who could command 50,000 people in a tiny town in South Carolina. And by the way, the local police chief who I interviewed tells me he thinks that number's low. He thinks it was closer to 81,000 based on the police measures. So, uh, I mean, I, I think he is on his way. I think that the the current Department of Justice effort to, to derail his candidacy through the use of lawfare uh, is, uh, it, it is uh, only making him stronger and only making his election more inevitable. And we are talking with Roger Stone. We're going to be talking about the man who killed Kennedy. Uh, Roger's title. We're talking about that here next. Stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back now talking with Roger Stone, and I want to bring your attention, if I may, ladies and gentlemen, to his uh, terrific book, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. Roger, there is nothing I think that fascinates uh, people much more than uh, the the long, long period of time between the assassination of John F. Kennedy and the release of all the documents pertaining to it. Well, here we are, 60 years later, they release more documents as required, uh, but just 80% of what was required uh, and promised. Uh, and that was uh, Friday uh, a week ago. And your thoughts? Well, first of all, Lou, thanks for mentioning my book, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. Folks can get an autographed copy if they wish by going to stonezone.com, my website, stonezone.com, and go to the store. Uh, I There I make the case using eyewitness evidence, fingerprint evidence, and deep Texas politics to make a case that Lyndon Johnson, the Central Intelligence Agency, the Secret Service, the FBI, organized crime, uh, and the big Texas oil companies uh, were involved in a plot, a successful plot, sadly, to murder John F. Kennedy. Uh, what we're being told here doesn't make any sense. The Warren Commission, which is generally speaking been pretty authoritatively uh, debunked, insists that there were no international uh, involvement in the murder of Kennedy and that there were no foreign actors involved in the murder of John Kennedy, meaning that everyone who may have been involved, uh, in their case, they insisted Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone, uh, was an American citizen. The U.S. House Committee on Assassinations in 1976, which really was set up because the American people just wouldn't buy the Warren Commission uh, version of events, concluded that organized crime was involved. They further concluded that they were a conspiracy, but then they said no more. Thank you very much. We're done here. Very strange. So now President Donald Trump uh, released a very substantial uh, amount of the classified documents because under a law passed by the Congress in 1978, there were specific dates set by which documents had to be released unless a sitting president Stop that release. In the case of Trump, he released about 80% of what was, uh, that was scheduled to be released. He told me that Mike Pompeo of the CIA uh, talked him into withholding a period, a section of those documents. A decision, by the way, he now says he regrets. And he has said on my radio show on WABC radio in New York, uh, three weeks ago that if he got back in the White House, he would order at long last the release of everything. Uh, then last week, uh, as you correctly stated, Joe Biden said uh, that he was holding some documents back because they were a matter of national security. Well, that makes no sense. If there's no international involvement uh, of Russia, Cuba, or any other nation in the murder of John Kennedy, then what is the national security interest of holding the truth from the American people? I suspect, based on everything I've seen and everything I've read, 
and the massive research I did for my book, that the final trove of documents will show you the active involvement of the Central Intelligence Agency. We already know from the previous disclosures that the FBI was issuing a 1099 to Lee Harvey Oswald because he was on their payroll. That was withheld from the American people for 60 years. We also know that Lee Harvey Oswald, who the government insists they had no previous knowledge of whatsoever, attended the foreign languages school in North Carolina run by the Central Intelligence Agency. It's where he learned to speak Russian. So we've learned an enormous number of things, but they don't want to throw in the towel because the towel will show that Gerald Posner's book, uh, Case Closed, is entirely wrong and that Lee Harvey Oswald did not shoot and kill John Kennedy uh, and that there was a conspiracy involving multiple gunmen, uh, that Kennedy was shot from both the front and the back. Most of this, I think, uh, has been uh, has been uh, uh, disclosed, Lou, but the most amazing thing is, despite this veil of disinformation, uh, the last Gallup poll I show, saw showed that almost 70% of the American people did, still didn't believe that the government had told us everything they knew about the Kennedy assassination and stood, still didn't believe that Lee Harvey Oswald uh, killed John Kennedy and acted alone. It's encouraging. You actually talked with President Trump uh, once about the JFK assassination. Can you tell our audience uh, what you talked about uh, and his perspective and, and yours? Uh, sure. I spoke to him both before and after the decision that he made. He released an enormous amount of material. He just didn't release all of it. Uh, he told me that without any question, uh, Mike Pompeo talked to him about uh, out of releasing all of it, citing the whole sources and methods. Well, first of all, there this was over 60 years ago. There's nobody still in the U.S. government, probably nobody alive, who was involved in this. Uh, and therefore, the idea that we would put someone's life at jeopardy by telling the truth, publishing the truth, is nonsensical. If their methods include killing a sitting president of the United States, well, then we need to know what those methods are, in all honesty. I think the president has reached, President Trump has reached that conclusion. Now, when I asked him, what is it in there that they're so anxious to hide? He said to me, it's, I can't tell you. He said, it's so horrible. I can't tell you. Someday you'll find out. And then the conversation was over. Uh, so, and now he's committed to releasing all of the documents if he's reelected in 2024. And this this murder mystery will finally totally completely be solved. In all honesty, Lou, I think Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has been extraordinarily courageous about calling out the CIA, about claiming that he doesn't believe the government's version regarding the death of both his uncle and his father. He had an extremely compelling interview with uh, Mike Tyson, of all people, which uh, absolutely must be seen, where he talks about the assassination of his father in Los Angeles on the night of the 1968 California Democratic primary. YouTube took that down. It's too dangerous for the American people to know the truth, Lou. So I, I pray for Robert Kennedy's safety because I think he's been extremely courageous about calling out the government regarding their lies about the JFK assassination. I really want to get to this as early as we can. Uh, and that is, do you believe that th the people who pulled the trigger were U.S. citizens or foreign? Uh, I think that they were U.S. citizens. I think that there were multiple uh, shooters. 
Uh, I think a man named Malcolm Mack Wallace is the man shooting from the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository building. I think this because his fingerprints are most definitely found on the cardboard boxes that form the so-called crow's nest from which uh, the shooter shot. No less than six people on the ground and two of them in the jail across the street identify a man standing in the window who meets the physical description of Wallace. Middle age, uh, heavy set, uh, wearing tan pants and a light jacket, uh, balding and with glasses. Six different people identify this man as standing in the window of the sixth floor from which the alleged shots come. Then there are the fingerprints. We know they're his because Wallace was convicted of first degree murder in Texas in 1951, where he shot and killed a man who was involved in a love triangle with Lyndon Johnson's sister, a man who was trying to blackmail Senator LBJ. Uh, another man sees uh, Wallace or a man meeting Wallace's description fleeing the Texas School Book Depository building uh, minutes after the assassination. Uh, the idea that Lee Harvey Oswald did this is disproved by the fact that Oswald is seen on the second floor, I believe, pardon me, the third floor cafeteria within the building seconds after the shot is fired. The idea that the since the electricity in the building was off, Oswald would have had to run down three flights of wooden stairs where he very definitely would have been heard. But a woman who was on the staircase, uh, whose name was uh, Victoria, I can't recall her last name at the moment, uh, testified to the Warren Commission that she neither saw nor heard Lee Harvey Oswald. Her testimony was discarded. Uh, then there's the question of Officer Tippett. Well, if he didn't kill Kennedy, he killed Tippett. Here's the problem, Lou. The, the spent shells on the ground where Tippett was shot came from an automatic. But Lee Harvey Oswald is arrested moments later in a Texas school, uh, in a Texas movie theater, but he's carrying a revolver. There's so many holes in their story. Uh, I think that there are multiple shooters. I think it is undeniable based on the testimony of the emergency room doctors uh, at Parkland Hospital in Dallas that Kennedy was shot from both the front and the back. And that means there were multiple shooters and that means there was a conspiracy. It is possible, I think probable, that the mob imported a shooter who was a paid Corsican assassin. That would be the only non-U.S. citizen involved. And I think that person whose name was Nicoletti was the shooter from the so-called Grassy Knoll. And the CIA, the FBI, those agencies uh, all, involved? All, all in on it, although the first man bounding up the steps to embrace new President Lyndon Johnson when he arrives back at Air, Andrews Air Force Base is Secret Service Director John Rowley, a man who got his first job in Washington through Congressman Lyndon Johnson. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover, of course, is Lyndon Johnson's next door neighbor. Uh, as a Senate majority leader, Johnson has tripled uh, Hoover's budget. Hoover was fearing mandatory retirement by Robert Kennedy, the attorney general, in 1964. He hated the Kennedys. I don't think he, that the FBI was actively involved in the plot, Lou, but we do know that a telex went from the FBI to every FBI station in the country identifying Lee Harvey Oswald before Lee Harvey Oswald had even been apprehended. How is that possible?
We'll look forward to talking to you further and continuing our, our discussion uh, of the assassination of JFK, the mystery that still persists, uh, thanks to the good offices of the United States government. Uh, and Roger, we appreciate all that you've done to 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 uh, clear a little of the, uh, well, more than a little, a lot of the evidence and give us your, uh, your judgment on just who did kill Kennedy. And we are delighted to have your, your insight on our current political situation, which seems at some, at some points darker uh, than others. But we know there's a bright horizon awaiting us, or so we hope. Roger Stone, thanks for being with us here. And we want to tell everyone, the man who killed Kennedy, Roger's book, The Case Against LBJ, is our featured book on LouDobbs.com. And you can go to the website and uh, buy it there uh, again, thanks to Amazon.com. Roger Stone, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Lou. God bless you and Godspeed. Thanks to Roger Stone, a great American. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Our guest here tomorrow is the former Capitol Hill Police Chief, Stephen Sund. He has a lot to say about January 6th and what then-Speaker Pelosi did to him. Be sure to join us and follow me on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs and on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. We hope you'll join us back here tomorrow for The Great America Show. Until then, thanks, God bless you, and God bless America. America.